the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're here talking about car, car repair problems, and uh, settling arguments. You know what I mean? Somebody says that this is better than this, or that you should do this and ignore your owner's manual, that kind of stuff. Anything to do with car repair, discussions, decisions, pricing, stuff like that, I can typically help you with. The phone number is 602 602- Five oh eight zero nine sixty, and in reality, it's a, a phone number that I don't give as much as I should. So I'm going to work really hard at that. And Gil's going to be telling me every once in a while phone number, and then that way I'll make sure I do it because I don't do that as much as I should. And as a result of that, many of you, um, I force you into emails, and sometimes you don't like that, and I understand that. But my email address is easy. It's Mark with a K at MarkSalem.com, Mark at MarkSalem.com, which is my email address and our website. So if you have any questions like that, I've been around in the car repair business. I started at a Shell gas station in Tempe at Broadway and Priest in 1968, and I started pumping gas and busting tires, and then I morphed to oil changes, and then from then on, with the exception of a stint in the 70s as a policeman, I, uh, I've been working on cars ever since. I'm a master tech, and I've been a master tech since 1991. You have to recertify every five years. However, right now I have retirement status, which means I don't have to recertify at all. So it's kind of an emeritus kind of label where you're a a, uh, retired uh, master technician. At our facility, we have lots of master technicians, and that's that's almost a requirement for our staff to obtain that. But there's shops all over town that you can find at MarkSalem.com. You can find shops that have master technicians, and they really are the best of the best because their tests that they've taken have tested the fundamentals. We're not necessarily doing Chevys and Fords and Dodges and Toyota and Honda and uh, and those kinds of cars. We're actually doing fundamentals of spark, fuel delivery, timing, <laughs> exhaust gas recirculation valves, what they do, when they work, when they don't, what the symptoms are, that kind of stuff. So it's really a well-rounded education. 602-508-0960. It's no secret to anybody, and it shouldn't be to you either, that things have changed dramatically in the last five years with respect to what kind of maintenance your car will need. We would, and when I say we, I'm talking about our industry. There are a lot of people in our industry that that are still hung up on the 60s and 70s where you came in every 3,000 miles. And that was an opportunity for us to, and, and in our vernacular and a lot of other vernaculars, to give you a haircut. 
to go ahead and, and add something to the ticket. So it might have been a $15 oil change, but if we could get you to rotate your tires, that was great. Or if we could get you to flush one of your liquids, your cooling system, your transmission, your differentials, uh, your brake fluid, that was extra. If we could find something wrong that we could sell you. So our entire business philosophy was on a 3,000-mile cycle. And then the owner's manuals, which is always the book that I have to defer to, and I, I'm i telling you I will defer to them because the maker of your car has a manual that says what you should do to your car, and I think it's a good idea to follow that manual because they don't have a dog in this fight. Uh, other than the fact that if you buy, you buy a Dodge and, and the Dodge dealer takes care of it, but he didn't have any input on the owner's manual. It was written by Dodge. So they're going to give you the expected time frames in miles and in time of what things you should do or you should look at. But again, back in the 70s, starting in when I was there, 60, late 60s and early 70s, it was 3,000 miles. And you would typically come in about four times a year. So 12,000 miles, 15,000 miles a year, average, whatever, do the math yourself. You're going to come into the shop three or four or five times a year for an oil change. And an oil change has always been replace the oil in the filter, grease the chassis, and then there was an inspection to check the belts, the hoses, the fluids, and to look, and the brakes, and look over the car to determine what it needs that would prevent it from going another 3,000 miles. Otherwise, we found a big nail in your tire and it's leaking and the tire only has 20 pounds of air and the rest of them have 35 and so that's not something that we think you should wait to the next oil change on that's something we probably should fix now that's kind of how it sounds on the other hand it could very well be that you're right up against your transmission fluid change filter and change time by mileage and as a result of that it's something that you should uh, budget for the next oil change or two so every 3,000 miles, we got to have that conversation. Every 3,000 miles, typically you left with something you needed. But today is completely different. For the last 10 years, many of the cars, many, and I say many, probably 80% or north of that is a 10,000-mile oil change because we put synthetic in there. Now, the difference between the three oils, conventional, semi-synthetic, and synthetic, is the time frame that they're good for conventional oil which is what our mothers and fathers grew up on that's good from three to five thousand miles semi-synthetic it's a blend half and half 70 30 60 40 nobody will tell you but it's still a good oil the semi-synthetics pick up at five and go to 7500 so we have three to five on conventional and that's oil change intervals three thousand to five thousand miles oil change intervals then we have five thousand to seventy five hundred for the semi-synthetic and then north of that depending on the car they all go to ten to 15,000 miles on synthetic. Well, there's many of you within the sound of my voice that you don't even drive 15,000 miles a year. So my advice as someone who's been trained extensively in oil and its abilities and what it should do and not do and all that stuff is change your oil once a year. Now, I have lots of customers in Mountain Park Ranch, Ahwatukee, and they only drive 5,000 miles a year or less. I only change your oil once a year. I don't put synthetic in it that's good for 15,000 miles. I just put conventional oil in it. And they come in in April or May just before the summer and change your oil, and then they go through the next 12 months, and they're fine. They're in within the range. 
if they're north of 7,500 or in that five to 7,500 mile range, I use a semi-synthetic and then a full synthetic if they're north. The problem is, is that if you only come in at every 10,000 miles, we're only going to see you once a year instead of four and five times a year. So we have to look hard at your car and we have to sell you lots of stuff. What you you think? Well, here's some of the training information we get in the mail all the time. These books will teach you exactly how to drive traffic, increase your repair orders and your customers, creative create pricing strategies that work like magic and make you money, sell more maintenance and repair labor. These are books, service advisor books. Um, and how to be a great service writer, how to be a great technician, how to be a great shop foreman. We're going to help you build a pay, pay, a pay plan that gets results. Otherwise, you're going to motivate your staff to sell, 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 and they're going to make some of the money that you're going to make, make, make. Instantly connect with your customers. Nothing wrong with that. It's a good idea for us to have a relationship, but it, it also can be used that, that communication between you, the shop, and the dealer, or the independent repair shop or the chain store and the customer can also be to market you incessantly. And many of you know exactly what I'm saying. You're shaking your head right now. Increase your CSI scores, your customer satisfaction index. You know, if you just do it right the first time, you don't have to worry about increasing your... And I think most everybody understands that anything a four-star and north of that is a pretty good rating. We're not all required to be a 4.8 on a five-star rating. Everybody, even my own, we're we're nowhere near five. I mean, a solid five stars. We have people that have been mad at us before, and it's just one of those things. Dramatically, we're if you hire us, we're going to dramatically increase your customer retention. You know how we're going to do that? We're going to teach you how to send send them postcards on a regular basis, telling them that what they might need to have done to their car. Now, of course, they don't know the mileage of your car, and they don't know the history of your car, but by God, they know what you need. So it's not, the best conversation is, is Mrs. Salem, um, you know, you, you, you've, you've been a good customer of ours for a long time, and um, uh, you're due for a transmission service, and that's the mileage. And Miss Salem opens up her glove box and hands him a receipt and says, you just did this last time. And that's kind of embarrassing <laughs> when you're trying to sell them something you've already sold them and you're telling them all the reasons why they need it now when in reality you have new fluid. So uh, eliminate sales declines, uh, earn lifetime customer loyalty, and never before bonus chapters. So irreplaceable service manager and millionaire service advisor. You can be one of those. Okay, Gil, who might we have in the say hello to Greg. Greg, good morning to you. How can I help you? Yeah, hey, thanks for taking my call, Mark. You bet. Um, uh, yeah, I just happened to be getting ready to make some breakfast and heard your program, and uh, hopefully I'm making the right phone call here. i got uh, basically just two questions. Um, my first one is I've inherited my, my father's uh, old 65 Chevy pickup, the uh, H on the column. I'm sure uh-huh. you're familiar with it. Yeah. Now, the problem is, is um, we it. it when I took custody of it, it runs, uh, doesn't get that much juice, and I was having my brother keep an eye on it and start it. Sometimes we fall behind, and we have an issue starting it. Um, we want to keep it operating. I'm not sure what we're going to do with it yet. It's supposed to be for my son. We don't know if we're going to sell it, so we want to kind of keep it in a running condition. 
So the first thing that uh, concerns with, if you, if you know about the 65 Chevy, which I'm sure you, you do, there's three gas tanks. Okay. Um, I like to think that my dad was sharp enough to uh, make sure that the, it has two reserve tanks. Hopefully they're empty, um, and he would just use the primary. That's This is the best hope. But uh, how would I go about, what's a safe way to, to make sure that, that we have that gas out of those reserve tanks and just gas in the main since it's, it's been sitting around a lot lately. Okay. Well, that's, that's pretty easy because all you do is take the gas cap off those three tanks and they make a siphon mechanism that you can buy at the auto parts store and it has okay. a little pump on it. Just stick it all the way down to the bottom of the tank and start sucking the gas out of it. If the gas comes out looking pretty orangey and browny, then it's really old. And that's something that you would probably not dump in the alley. That's something you okay. would probably take a pint of that and mix it with a gallon of gas that you use in your lawnmowers. So it, it, it's gasoline that will still work. We're just going to dilute it okay. with some good stuff. So getting the tanks out, but um, are you, if you leave them empty, they're going to rust. If you leave them oh. full, the gas is going to get old. You, oh, and okay. you can put some stabilizer in there. But those are the only two choices you got. This is a common problem, and and I don't have an answer for you, but I'm giving you the menu. You either put gasoline back in them and put some stabilizer in there, and just you, we use one tank. And the second portion of, of the of the thing is is you leave it empty, and that concerns me because almost assuredly it'll rust and deteriorate okay. from the inside. Now okay. I, I got to put you on hold. I, I got to put you on hold because I know you have another question, and I'm going to take it. But I got to take a break right now. So stay right there. We'll be right back. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m., to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. We hear from the head of the NIH on their grant that led to the funding of the Wuhan lab in China. Should we just close up and say we're just not going to work with any country we're uncomfortable with? Join us for our program. Sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Sundays at 7 p.m. on KKNT 960 The Patriot. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. 
Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. If you listen to this radio station for 24 hours straight, you'd hear about a quarter of a million words. And thousands of those words every day come from listeners like you. No one values your opinion more than we do. And when you support our advertisers, you turn words into actions. We know you're not always going to agree with us, but we wouldn't be here without you. So we thank you for listening and supporting our advertisers. 960 The Patriot, a Salem Media Group station. 20 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, my name is Mark Salem, and we're here talking about cars, 602-508-0960. If you have a car question, 602-508-0960. Automatic Transmission Exchange is one of the oldest, if not the oldest, transmission shop in the Phoenix area. They've been around since 1968, and Phil and many of his staff have been around for that long a period of time, and they've gone from the very basic two-speed automatic transmissions to the eight-speed uh, electronically controlled transmissions and so that transition is just as normal as going from carburetor to fuel injection so if you need transmission work may I suggest automatic transmission exchange Greg yes sir I, I want to cover one couple things that I thought of during the break there are gas camp gas tank companies that will um, use some kind of an epoxy spray or some kind of a coating on the inside of those tanks but you're still going to have bad gas in the tank after six months. It doesn't make any difference. It just won't deteriorate the tank. So okay. those those are the choices. And you yeah, had a second question. Uh, yeah. Um, I didn't, thanks for taking that. That's, that's been very helpful because that's been our biggest concern is what's happening to those gas tanks since it's just been we're not able to start it at this current time. And that's what we were kind of concerned about. So that's very helpful. Uh, you might be able to help with my second and last question is, where can I get a good estimate on the value of that truck if I decide to go and put it on the market and sell it? Where, where, where would I start by getting an honest assessment of what the value of that 65 Chevy truck is? Well, oh, I, I, I think I would just do research on all the places that they're sold. Okay. And I would just go look at comparables. I would just okay. look at at those and and see where they're at. Um, I I think that it's a it's the wild west out there for older cars. There's there's guys probably listening to this show right now that that was the first truck they drove. That's the first truck that they had a kiss in with their girlfriend, and uh-huh. uh, it's exactly the one they wanted. And now that they're they're older, they've got money and disposable, and they're hoping they can oh, find yes. you for five hundred and fifty dollars and take your truck. So oh, okay. uh, um, l- let me let me comment on something else too. The gasoline in the truck that you find, 
um, it's going to be okay if you take a gallon of that old gas and put it in any car truck that you own because it'll okay. dilute it and the filter will carry up any of the solids. I want to avoid the perception that you should take it in the alley and dump it out because that's the worst thing you can do. But you can, no, 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 I wouldn't do that. I, I, wouldn't, I, no, I, wouldn't. I, I use that gas in all my service trucks. Uh, we do that. We have rancid gas a lot and just put a gallon in with the 20 that's in there and then we're done. Okay. And, and it's not a problem. Now, last, I want to tell you something else. It's a bad idea for you to start this car and let it run and shut it off. If you're not going to take that horse out of the barn and if you're not going to use it for a day or two and you're not going to go through numerous heat cycles from cold, fully operational, back to cold, cold, fully operational, back to cold. If you're not going to do a heat cycle on the truck, you're doing more damage to it by just starting it up and letting it run. Because all you're doing is building up a whole bunch of moisture. You never bring it up to operating temperature, and you're just hardening up all the seals. So it's a bad oh, wow. idea. Okay. So if you if you if you can put a paper plate on it, you can get that over the internet, and you can you can drive it uh, 20 miles down the highway, and you and your wife have lunch at Rock Springs, and then turn around and come 20 miles back or something like that. It it's that's better for it. But to start okay. it up and let it run, sit there and idle for 20 minutes or an hour is the worst thing you can do. See, I'm glad I called your show, Mark. <laughs> okay, what we, part of town do you yeah, live in? Yeah, I have what we've been doing, so I, yeah. I wanted to keep it operational. So, all right, that makes sense. Okay, now what part of town are you in? Uh, we're in Glendale. Okay. Um, Harker's Auto at 38th Avenue and in Indian School um, knows that truck inside and out. Bob oh, and Ellen. Right well. Ellen is young, but Bob is like 400 years old, and he knows that truck okay. inside and out. So if you need help, then I would I would I would call Harkers and talk to Bob or Ellen. Harkers okay. Auto, 38, yep. an Indian school. Yep. Hey, Bart, thanks a lot. I oh, appreciate it. This is definitely worth calling. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open, and there's five of them. 602-508-0960. When you only come in for an oil change, this is a continuation of what we talked about last the last segment. When you only come in for an oil change for once a year, we're going to do, we, I'm talking about our industry, and I'm actually talking about the part of the industry that I'm not proud to be a part of. We're going to clip you. We're going to cut your hair. We're going to sell you stuff. It's difficult. We, because right now, before, like I said, oil change and tire rotation every other time, and we did a lot of fluids at 30,000s. Today, we're going to change your oil once every 10,000 miles, and you don't have any fluids till 100,000 miles. So we don't get to flush your cooling system. We don't get to change your transmission oil, flush your transmission, or your differentials, or any of those power steerings, brake fluid. We don't get to do any of those for 100,000. Ooh, I want to be your customer. I want to be your shopper when you hit 100. But between 0 and 100, all I can do is, is do what you ask me to do. But if my heart's and my brain is taking care of me and not you, then you're going to hear things like, you need to clean your throttle body. And when you start talking about the word flush appears in the verbiage, or you start talking about some kind of a liquid magic potion lotion that's going to make your car love you, make your car last forever, and if you'll just let us go ahead and flush the injectors and flush your throttle bodies, and while we're at it, we just might as well flush your brake fluid, flush your tire-sharing fluid, flush your transmission fluid, flush your differentials, flush your transfer case. When you hear that kind of rap, you're you're looking at somebody that's looking out after them not you. Because a really good shop's going to say, 
come on back here for just a minute. And he's going to have a piece of paper, and there's going to be a, an oil smudge on the left and an oil smudge on the right. And he's going to say, the first one is yours. And you'll notice that it's got a really dark brown container color to it. And the second one is brand new. So that's the same fluid. So here's this spot that looks kind of like a really dirty ink spot. And here is this fresh, completely transparent brown liquid that should be in there. Now you hope and pray that it really is representative of the fluid that you have. You hope and pray that that's not just something the technician has on his bench and tells everybody that. But those are the problems. We don't get to sell you a lot of stuff. You're not coming in as often. So we have to make those things up. And that's kind of what I warn you about is here's the self-defense for car expense answer. Oh, thank you very much. Please write that down on my manual or my repair order. Write down what I need and why. And then if you would be so kind as to pull the owner's manual out of my glove box and would you dog ear the page where it calls for that particular service done at this particular time, please, okay? And you women, you just say, oh, my husband is going to ask me this so you can help me out. Just write it all down on the work order and then put your name and your phone number there so we can call you back. And then also pull the owner's manual out and dog ear the page that says that I need to service my transmission at 30,000 miles when in reality it's 100,000 miles. And of course they'll never do that on the owner's manual because they already know that. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. I'll do it next time. Those are the kinds of things that you'll have. But I want to tell you 75% of the shops I know um, do a really good job at being fair. There's enough work out there for us to make money. There's tire rotations. There's tire repairs. There's coolant leaks. There's Freon leaks. There's brake fluid that's muddy and dirty. There's ABS sensors that have gone bad. There's codes. There's rough idles that we can clean up the throttle blades and fix the rough idle, clean the idle air control motor. There's lots of work we can do, but it's this kind of a deal. You have a symptom. They have a suggested repair. You ensure that their repair is going to fix your symptom. Get a firm estimate, and it's okay if it's a range. It could be 125 to 150. That's okay. And then hold their feet to the fire. Make sure that if you still have the rough idle after a $125 injector flash, that you might want to remind them that they didn't fix it, and you would like that credit applied to the actual fix of your problem. Those are reasonable things. Those of us that run good shops, 75% of the shops I know are good shops, um, we, we, we would honor, be honored if you treated us that way because it's an opportunity for us to show you that we're really doing a good job for you. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Rain Tree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Rain Tree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Rain Tree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RainTreeAutoBodyInc.com. 
Hi, it's Jim Ryan, General Manager of 960 The Patriot. You've heard me talk about our June campaign to stop human trafficking. I actually visited the Phoenix Dream Center last week, and I was told the Biden administration cut $8 million in funding because they would not mix a boy who says he identifies as a girl with girls who have been trafficked. Let me repeat that. Biden cut $8 million from the largest trafficking rescue and rehab program because they separate these abused children by their biological gender. The Phoenix Dream Center and Streetlight USA are doing such great work, and they need your donations now more than ever. I walk the facilities. They have a medical center, a dental center, everything for a full intensive healing process. Their reintegration strategy has four pillars to ensure long-term success, not just immediate care. Join me and 960 The Patriot in our June campaign to help fund the Phoenix Dream Center and Streetlight USA. Please go to 960thepatriot.com and click on the Stop Traffic Walk banner. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I, I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me... I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. So we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade for my special collection of old family recipes. To make sure the steaks are extra, extra, extra tender, I left them marinating out on the counter overnight, just like Nana used to. Maria may mean well, but without food safety, it never ends well. Always thaw or marinate foods in the refrigerator at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Or you could make your friends and family really sick. Maria's neighbor Paul didn't think twice about the steak he ate until he was presenting his company's financial forecast to the board. That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. We're going to be here till noon talking about car, car repair questions. And we've got Tom on the line, and I'm going to get to you in just a second. But if you'd like to join us, you can, 602-508-0960. There are times that people don't agree with me, and I, I, I enjoy the opportunity to talk about that. We're going to do it in a gentlemanly way, and we're going to both make our points, and we're both going to defend our positions, and we're both going to part buddies. That's what we do. We're not here to argue, and this certainly isn't one of those political shows where we yell and scream at one another because that's not the way it's going to work. But anyway, talking about a good repair shop, Blackwell Automotive's at 40th Street and Greenway. He's a good guy. I've known Tom for more than 25 years. He does old vintage cars all the way up to motorhomes and everything in between. 
So no matter if you need a tire repair done or if you need an oil change done or whatever, he's really the very best shop, in my opinion, in that northeast quadrant of the Scottsdale, North Scottsdale area and the Fountain Hills area. He really does a good job. So Blackwell Automotive, Greenway and 40th Street, good shop. We'll be talking to Tom. Tom, good morning. Thanks for holding. Yeah, good morning. Question on a 2010 Ford Explorer. We had an issue before where you could start the car up, but you couldn't remove it from park. And doing some research and digging and stuff like that, there's a little solenoid that's in the center console that's uh, unlocked for your shift knob. And replace that yeah, probably six, seven months ago, something like that. <clears throat> and my wife said it just started acting up again. Is there other things that are common um, thing to fail in that where you can't get it out of park? Yeah, yeah. Can can I use you as an example, please? Sure. Okay. Well, th- this is this is what I affectionately and and I call a Google call. It's you, you spent money and and initially you made progress, but now we're back to where we started. And 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 the, this just reinforces how difficult it really is to fix cars. And I'm no better than the guy in Google, except for this: I get to talk to you, I get to ask right. you questions. And the Google guy, his every actually the Google guy is in is in a federal penitentiary in New Hampshire. <laughs> and um, whenever he gets any kind of you know, hey, what do I do about this little pimple underneath my armpit? He just talks to the rest of the inmates, and then he'll give you advice. But here's here's what I want you to do: in order for you to have that solenoid unlock your shifter, you have to have brake lights. So I want okay. you to move your wife's seat up a click or two, okay? And and okay. tell her to pay attention that just normally she puts her foot on the brake and she tries to take it out of gear and it doesn't work. Now, tell her to, to, to leave the shifter alone and then push with all of her might on the brake pedal and then let's see if it comes out of gear. Because okay. she, you guys may be soft foot in that pedal, but we need to know that the brake has been applied, and we look at the brake light switch when we do that. So right. if you've already replaced the start, the solenoid, and it had two wires to it, a power and a ground, and you already replaced that, and we're no closer, I would have told you at the very beginning, tell her to push harder on the brake pedal to see if that makes a difference. And if it does, I'm not kidding you, the repair in Mark Salem's world is... <laughs> Move the damn seat forward one click, and we're done. <laughs> so, well, but you're not going to tell her I said that. You're going to tell her you said that. Right. We both drive that car from time to time. She drives it by far the most, but um, we do both drive it. And when it was acting up before, you know, we, you know, swap back and forth, and I try it and stuff like that. And it had that issue. And then you'd get it, and it would go out, and, you know, okay, I'm good for today or a week or whatever it was, and, oh, now we got the problem again. Okay. And then put that switch in, or the little solenoid deal, and it was good, you know, literally for six, seven months, and now it's just starting to act up again. Okay. Well, there's only two wires, and what we normally do is is if if the customer wants to be involved in the test, we'll just wire up a little light bulb to it. And we'll say, push the pedal until the light bulb comes on, then the shifter will unlock. Now, the other thing is, is this vehicle's parked on the on level ground every day, yes? Or is it parked on a sloped driveway? It's always a flat ground. Okay, because on a sloped driveway, we load up the transmission, and we do have problems getting those out of park. Correct. 
And so, Correct. But, yeah. but, but yours is just locked up. The, the, the test is real simple. It's just a matter of just keep doing what you're doing, but when it doesn't unlock, then say to yourself, okay, I'm going to turn the key off. I'm going to open the door, pretend I'm getting back in, buckle my seatbelt. I'm going to hit the key, and I'm going to push with both feet on the brake pedal and see if the tranny unlocks. That's the test. Okay. That's it. That's all you do. Okay. So if it still has issues after that, then where would you think of could be? Well, I, I would I would either replace or adjust the brake light switch. Okay. That's all I'd do. Okay. How many miles are on? All right. 112 or 15, somewhere okay. like that. All right, so it's been around the world four times, so it's not yeah, like it's a spring it's chicken. But right. and if it's all city driving, that's a whole bunch of brake applications. Here's the here's the thing that rattles around in my mind. If you had no brake lights, there's a good chance that one or both of you would have been warned by other drivers at a traffic light that hey, you, you don't have any brake lights. Right. Okay. But because you haven't been warned, and I'm I know that people generally are good, and so they somebody would have said something. Certainly, it would have been I would have I would have honked and rolled my window down and said I don't think you have any brake lights. So right. You, but but really, this is it, buddy. <laughs> it's off the brake pedal. We want to see the brake pedal applied you know, before we let you take it out of gear. That way your foot's not on the gas. Right. And right. so that it's it. We're unlocking it with the brake pedal. Now, there's probably a couple cars out there that are wired differently, but I'm quite sure your Ford Explorer is, is triggered off the brake pedal. But anyway, thanks for calling, Tom. Good luck to you, buddy. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. There's five of them. And if you don't call in, then I'm going to start randomly calling people in the Phoenix area and asking you to explain why what your husband does at night that, that grosses you out. And that, that will just switch the show from a car show <laughs> to causing as much marriage problems as we can. Now, Gil has a list of phone numbers that we're going to start with, and we're going to start in Tempe. So if you don't call in, 602-508-0960, then um, I'm going to go get in trouble. We'll be right back. Meet Tim. Hey, what's up? He's the person you hired for your digital marketing. And when he's done battling aliens on his PS5 in his parents' basement, he'll get right to work. Now, meet the team at Salem Surround. What's Hi. These are the people who are passionate about your success and will work 24-7 to deliver real customers to you and your business. Why would you trust your digital marketing to one person when you can hire a whole team? Get nationwide experience, resources, and results. Learn more about Salem Surround at surroundphoenix.com. That's surroundphoenix.com. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. This is Hugh Hewitt for Townhall.com. Sometime next year, the Supreme Court will decide whether to continue to find the right to abortion in the Constitution or give up on its deeply misguided half-century-long effort to do so. The court will have before it the case of Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization and the constitutionality of a 2018 Mississippi law that banned abortions after the first 15 weeks of pregnancy. The court will also be deciding on whether or not to uphold a poor decision made at the intellectual low ebb of its post-war era. The court made law at Roe v. Wade. And Justice Blackmun's opinion was simply awful in its reasoning. In fact, I would argue the 1973 was the point of origin of the culture wars. Because in Roe, the court seized territory reserved for the state legislatures. Will the court let us have peace at the cost of admitting that its ambition to rule was the real spark for the fire's long burning? Wisdom and the express language of the Constitution 
counsels it to quit the field. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Hey, there he is. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand or what? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. Are you okay? I'm having a stroke. Your face looks weird, too. I'm having a stroke. Are you having a seizure or something? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. I'm having a stroke. You just need to know the sudden signs. Look for FAST, F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. Or S, speech difficulty. Then T, time. Time to call 911 immediately. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. Know the sudden signs. Face, arm, speech, time. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. 43 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. This is Sandex, Saturday, June 12, 2021. We're talking about car and car repair questions. We've got three open lines, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Kurt's Auto Repair is at I-17 in Bell Road, the northeast corner. I've known Kurt for a very long time. He's very good at what he does. He has an exceptional staff. He's got family involved, and he knows right from wrong. So if you live anywhere near Bell Bell and I-17 and you don't have a shop, or maybe you want to try a different shop to see if the service level is different or whatever, I'd like to suggest that Kurtz Auto Repair would be a great place to go. And Kurtz is spelled with a C. Kurtz Auto Repair, I-17 and Bell Road in Phoenix. Eric, good morning. How can I help you? Morning. I've got a Got my oil changed this morning, and uh, they put in regular oil, which I was hoping for synthetic because I like to go longer periods of time between oil changes. No problem. But then the oil tech said that, well, once you go synthetic, you can't go back. Is there any truth in that? Oh, no, God. That's just like, oh, gosh. No, the, the answer is, is here, here's the real good answer. There could be as many as nine different electronic brains in your car. Okay, but not a one of them knows what kind of oil you put in your car. And they all start with conventional oil, which is Mother Nature, Mother Earth oil. And then we morph them into these these bigger ones. Your car has no idea what oil you put in it. And you're right. There's a direct relationship between the quality of the oil. It's it's either conventional, semi-synthetic or synthetic and the oil change interval. But that's just not true. It's it's never been true, but it's a wives' tale that got started when we first saw Mobile One in 1979 to 1985. It was one of those sales techniques that somebody said, and it really worked because it converted a lot of people to Mobile One, and it was great oil. Which and 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 back then, I remember distinctly they had a 25,000 mile oil change interval, and you can't imagine how many motors went through my mobile gas station back in the 70s with bad motors because of that claim of of ridiculousness. So the answer to your question is is your motor doesn't know the difference, doesn't know. Okay, well, so mixing oil doesn't uh, create a problem with the oil itself. No, not at all. No, you're going to drain it out. Yeah, I, no, I, that's no. what I thought. Just, just yeah. was, uh, I'd heard it years and years ago, so then it came up again. I'm going, what? Anyhow. You know, um, next, I, here's what you do next time is you say, you know, I, I, I just have, 
would you do me a favor? Do you have a business card? Just write that on the back so I can show my wife. And and they will never write that on the back of their business card. <laughs> They'll never. Oh, no, we're not allowed to do that. Because what they just told you is a sales a marketing strategy to keep you either in the oil or out. See, it's used both ways. If I put synthetic in there, then you've got to stay with synthetic from this point forward. Well, that's BS. It, you don't have to. So the answer right. to your question is, is unfortunately, the young person or the person, I should say, that told you that is just simply repeating a, a wife's tale that came out of the uh, 70s and the 80s. Well, that's what I thought. Just okay. Clarify. Thank you. All right. You betcha. Wayne, good morning. Good morning. I have uh, actually two problems, but they might be the same problem. On 09, Chrysler Town and Country, and maybe once every couple of weeks, get in it to start it. And uh, you get one click and then nothing. What we found is a workable solution is you uh, keep your foot on the brake, leave the key in the on position, run the gear shift lever up and down three or four times, and then turn the key on and it starts. I have a 2011 Dodge Grand Caravan, very similar structure, of course, and it's just begun to exhibit that occasionally. Okay. Um, I have two thoughts. Number one, this could be two different things. Uh, not on the vans, but this kind, the click bothers me because if you're in park, if you're in solidly in park or in neutral, then click means the battery uh, doesn't have enough power to fire up the starter. The click says that the solenoid has been activated and the solenoid has been ordered to pass big-time battery power to the starter to get that son of a gun to crank over and nothing happened. A click is low voltage. So if you had it in reverse, there would be no click because we're not going to activate the solenoid. So the click bothers me. So I have an answer to your question, though. Go to MarkSalem.com and and copy FAQ 28. I'm going to have you look at the headlights of your car when this is happening. So tomorrow when you start it up inside the garage, you just turn your headlights on. And you look at the headlights and you start it. The click and the headlights will tell us what's going on. It'll tell if you have a bad battery connection. It'll tell us if you have a bad starter. It'll tell us um, if the if the uh, shift lever is in the right position. It'll tell us lots. It's just a matter of looking. We're using the headlights as a voltmeter. What's the voltage doing? When you hit the key, it shouldn't drop below 9.6 or 10. shouldn't. If it drops way down to 5, there's no click. And the headlights go out. But then you let go of the key and the headlights come back on. Well, now we have a bad battery connection. That's all explained on FAQ 28. Okay. It's got the uh, LED lighting system on it. I understand. Uh, But you're still going to dim the headlights when you hit the key. Okay. Very good. And and, and that will apply to both of them if they both have the same thing. But, again, we're going to suck a lot of electricity out of the battery, but we we don't want the voltage to drop below 9.6. And it'll start at 13, because a 13 fully charged battery is 13. But if you hit the key and it goes from 13 to 8, you either have a starter that's locked up, and we know that's not the case because it'll ultimately restart, or you've got a bad battery that can't handle the load necessary to crank the motor over. So there's, okay. like I said, it's 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 a home run. I, it took me years to write that that FAQ, and it's it's just bulletproof. I I've been complimented by many guys in the industry that that uh, have said that it, it 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 voices everything perfectly. All you have to do is paint 
make sure the headlights are marked at a wall or pointed at a wall so you can see them when you're actually see making them, it happen. Yeah. All right, Wayne. Thank you. Good luck to you, sir. Thank you. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Action Auto is right down the road from Kurtz, and Tom and Kurt are best friends. So Tom is at Deer Valley and I-17. Kurtz is at Bell and I-17. They've been friends for years, and you know why? Because they both are good guys. They both enjoy taking care of the customers. And if one of Kurtz goes to Tom's or one of Tom's goes to Kurtz, they embrace that kind of movement. So both of them are a really great shop. But Tom I've known since 1983. And Tom and I have been good friends for a very long time. And I know both him and Kurt together, as well as all the rest of the shop owners that I can recommend to you. They're honest, they're dependable, and they have your interest in front of their own. So that's Action Auto, I-17, and Deer Valley. And, and Gil, who we got? I'll say hello to Jack. Jack, good morning to you. Good morning, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. I, and I just want to thank you for this great show. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I got a question. Uh, my son's got a 2013 Volkswagen CC with a 2-liter engine. And I, was, I happened to be on the Internet one time looking at the uh, service levels. Uh, when you're supposed to have service for the car, and it said something about 105,000 miles, you need to t- change a timing belt. Now, uh-huh. it wasn't from a dealer or anything like that that said that. It was from somebody that just posted something. And I was wondering if that's really true. Uh, is that something that needs to be done? Because they said if you don't get it done, it, it could be disastrous. Well, the timing belt is a is a rubber belt that's about an inch wide, and it, had, it has drive cogs on it, and it replaces the timing chain that everybody can shut their eyes and recognize the chain on their bicycle and the sprocket. So sure. we used to drive the crankshaft, would drive the camshaft with the timing chain. Now we use a rubber belt. No, it's not uncommon for that to be in a 100,000-mile range and even further. It's not uncommon at all. Here's the bad news. If you get... and Two things. If you get to the point where that belt breaks when you're driving, there's a good chance you're going to bend the valves because the valve train is going to come to a stop and at least a couple of the valves are going to be open. But the pistons are going to continue to go up and down and then one of them is going to hit the valve and bend it. Now, it doesn't happen all the time. It might happen to one out of 20 timing belt failures at my shop. It might happen. So okay. it's, it is a risk. It's a huge risk. But the idea is, is that's that's what happens. If you're going to do the if you're going to do the timing belt, you don't bid a timing belt because there's so much work that needs to be done there, and it's the same labor in and out. There's just some additional parts. So hopefully you're going to do the tensioner. Hopefully you're going to do the guides, and you might even do the crank, the camera, the crank seal, the oil seal to make sure the belt doesn't come become contaminated and if the water pump's staring you at the face and another three or four bolts pull the water pump off and it's a hundred and ten thousand miles water pump then why don't we just do the water pump while we're there i'm not trying to okay. upsell you i'm trying to show you the value of going in one time instead of going right. in five times exactly okay good would that now that overall uh, would that be very expensive? You think? What, what, what kind of a range do you believe that would be in? Well, I think it's going to be in the, without looking it up. I, I can't, but yeah. I'm thinking you're you're three to five hundred dollars for just the belt and the labor. You can okay. you can you can easily be double that if you replace all the wear parts and because you just went a hundred thousand miles with no problems. 
Right. You can't go another 100,000 miles without the seals and the tensioner and the guides and, and the water pump. It's not going to happen. So okay. just do it then. It, but you, obviously a lot of people say no, and, and it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not happy or unhappy. I'm just saying this is what we see a lot, and you should you know, consider that, that, that we're giving you good advice. But it's also pretty self-serving, I must admit. <laughs> Let's go ahead and <laughs> but, double but that three to yeah, $500 if you're bill. Everything apart, yeah, if you're taking everything apart to do it, I mean, why try to do it, five, like you said, five times rather than just one? Yep, yep. But yep, I understand. It, and here's what my brother would say. My brother would say, oh, yeah, but I'm going to sell it next week. Or, or my other brother's going to say, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to give this to John. He just graduated in high school. Or my other brother's going to say, <laughs> everybody has an excuse. And, and I'm not the Dr. Phil of car repair. So I, I just smile and say, yes, ma'am. I'll just note it on your work order that these are things that you'll probably have to deal with in the future. Right. And it just right. documents I that I warned him. Yep. Okay. Well, I All appreciate right. that. Okay. You're Thank you welcome. very much. You're welcome. 602-508-0960, We're going to take a break at the top of the hour, which is about five minutes away, and then we're going to come back for another hour of fun and frivolity. But you're welcome to call in at any time. Gil's the one that answers the phone. Then he taps my headphone, because actually we're about 100 miles apart, and he taps on my headphone, so I hear a click, click like this. And that tells me that he's got a caller. And then I'll turn my microphone to him and say, What do you want? And he'll say, well, Wayne and Jack want to talk to you. <laughs> I'll say, okay, and I write them down. So that's kind of how it works. We're, we have to run the show by the second, and I have to hit all my marks. Now, there's two of them that are a little fluffy, and I can go 30 seconds, one minute left or right or whatever. But there's two in the hour that I've got to hit on the on the button. So when the clock says something like this, 41, 42, 43, and I'm supposed to be out at 50, then I have to say, well, I'm not going, Gil. Don't do it. Well, <laughs> Gil just says in my ear, two minutes, Mark, two minutes. He thinks I'm going to hand him the show, and I was just kind of demonstrating the <laughs> massive, good, massive skill level I have. <laughs> because at 58.50, I have to hand the show back to him. So that's 58 minutes and 50 seconds. Well, right now we're at 57 minutes and... 13, 14 seconds. So I've got about a minute and a half as, as the clock goes. Nevertheless, when you call in, you're making model of your car, and then we'll talk about the specific issues that you have. And you're also welcome to say, do you have any, um, do you have any, uh, would you like to say anything about the kind of car I have? Do you have any comments about it, um, whether they're good or they're bad? Or is this something I should keep deep in mileage? Or is this something I should bail out at a hundred? What what would you do? Because the the idea is is that cars last a very very long time, and you don't have to over maintain them to get them to do that. The engines that we replace have been damaged one of two ways by the the person that had the steering wheel in their hand, and they either tried to make it home even though the red light was on because the car was in major overheat distress, or and they ran it low on oil and ignored that red light. Those are the two reasons we replace engines, is people overheat them and run them low on oil. I don't remember the last time we replaced an engine because it was just flat worn out. And you know how you know that? It's because it knocks like crazy in the morning and doesn't go away much. And when you drive it, you're fogging for mosquitoes everywhere you go because it's using so much oil. But in reality, like I said, don't overheat it. Don't run it low on oil. And that 
most engines made in the last 20 years will go two or 300,000 miles with no problem. 602-508-0960, that's the phone number, 602-508-0960, the lines are wide open.